everybody. Welcome back. It is Fig and Lock, coast to coast. I am Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, glad to be back, everyone. We took a week off uh, for the holidays, so I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving there, Mr. Lock? It was good. It was low-key. It was fun. You know, I mean, uh, I can't ask more than that. Just low-key, relaxing. That's what it's about. No stress. Nice. How about yours? It was good. We went to Maui. The islands. You went to an island, yeah? Yeah, we went to Maui, which is the second biggest island in the chain. Um, And we completely underestimated how big it actually is. Um, We stayed up near Lahaina, which is on the northwest side of the island. And um, it's kind of away from everything. So we did a lot of driving um, to, um, you know, to go to either Halikea or to go to, um, you know, the aquarium or Wailea. You know, you're talking like easily, you know, a 45 minute drive. And it's not necessarily because it's far away. It's just that it's a two lane road. You know, max speed in some places is only like 35 to 45 miles an hour. Um, so it's a lot of driving. Um, and we didn't, we got to do it probably about maybe 60% of what we wanted to do. So I think we're going to try to make another trip out there so we can do stuff like the, the big thing to do in Maui is called the road to Hana. It's, um, basically at this road on the Northeast part of the Island and it's really tropical, lots of waterfalls and bridges and winding roads. And, um, uh, fortunately it, it takes a, almost an entire day to do it. So we didn't get up that way. Um, but it was still awesome trip. Um, really worthwhile. Uh, did some whale watching, saw some whales. It's start, it's the beginning of the season, so we didn't see a ton of stuff. Uh, but we did catch a few whales out there, um, slapping their fins and, you know, uh, you know, raising their tails and that kind of thing. And then, um, uh, we went, we went all the way up to the top of, well, almost the top of Mount Halakea which is an, um, an old volcano on the island. It's at the, the top is at 10,000, like 300 feet or something. So we made it to 8,000 feet as a sun, um, because we want the whole idea of going up there was to see the sunset. So we made it up to 8,000 feet. And then we finally, we just said, all right, let's just pull over and find a spot so we can, we don't miss the sunset. Um, but it was really cool. Uh, it was a really good time. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, we went to one of the things that Marcy really wanted to do is go to visit the um, the Grand Wailea Resort. That's a, by Waldorf. It's a Waldorf Astoria hotel. It's where they filmed um, the Adam Sandler movie, Just Go With It. So we went and checked that out. Had lunch there. Okay. Um, yeah. So because I guess Adam, Adam Sandler apparently loves to film movies in the island. So like you know, Fifty First Dates. Uh, yeah, just go with it. Uh, he, he does a lot of. Um, he just filmed the sec the sequel to that um that kind of like spy detective movie he did on Netflix out there. So he's a real big friend of the island. So Marcy really wanted to go check that out. So we went and did that. It was really cool. But, so yeah, Thanksgiving was busy, but we had a really good time. So, okay, but yeah, but now we you know we're gonna put fall behind us, and we're looking forward to now. I feel like I can actually start looking forward to Christmas. Um, it's been a busy week, so I only got the Christmas tree up, but hope to get the Christmas lights up when I get back from my. Uh, my trip. So just for everyone's awareness, I, I am on a business trip right now. I am on the East Coast, uh, where um, and it is cold as all hell out here. <laughs> yeah, it is cold and rainy and miserable. <laughs> um, my body is not accustomed to this kind of weather, but still uh, happy to be on this side of the world. Um, so we're not really coast to coast this week. We're more um, north to south, I think, <laughs> than anything. We're kind of dragging ass with a Christmas tree in this household. We yeah. We talked about it 
get it up and get it up and get it up and it's just kind of like all the decorations are kind of sitting off to the side we just haven't got around doing it yet we just, we really need to get around doing it now yeah so I, if it doesn't happen tonight it'll happen definitely tomorrow night oh wow are you now are you guys are you do you guys do the real christmas tree or you do you do the fake christmas tree oh uh, we are it's fake always fake yeah same here we've always, always been a, always been a fake tree we'll always do a fake tree yeah now it was funny so growing up we did a fake tree because my mom was allergic um and we always kind of suspected since i had my a lot of my mom's allergies that i was probably allergic but um we don't know that for a fact and marcy was has been fle- flirting with the idea of, let's try why don't we get like a real christmas tree next year and that's just a lot of care <laughs> and a lot of attention yeah, that i don't know i want to commit i want to commit to mm-hmm. you gotta water it and you go into all this nah then the, like the pine needles fall off onto the floor it's a lot going on with that. Yeah, have you and have you seen those videos of like firefighters? Like, like I remember, you know, every year they'll put out like these videos to warn people to make sure you keep the the, the tree hydrated, because they they go up quick and they call they call like a major fire hazard in the house. Yeah, I, know, know, I never that. really, I don't think about that often, but yeah, if you, these trees dry out and then you got these electric lights running all around this tree, it's just it's gonna get hot somewhere. This catch on fire it's just pine needles pine needles catch on pretty fire pretty fast yeah apparently the sap is really flammable too mm-hmm. um so that's another thing you gotta worry about and like i remember back in the old days like they used to have i don't know if you remember this but i remember some family members they had like these like um it was like a light it was like a light on the tree that had like another like a, like a fake candle in it and it would heat up and like there'd be water in it and it would kind of like boil you remember this the, these... oh, i don't remember that at all yeah it was like a it was like a light that they put water in and it would boil and create this cool like bubbly effect in the light but i remember it used to get i remember those things get would get really really hot and it was really dangerous to me that people have these like scorching hot lights on their trees even their fake ones because it can melt still melt the tree um but yeah, we're so we're we're starting to get in the Christmas season out, getting the Christmas um, uh, getting the Christmas spirit out here, and, and being out here in the East Coast where the weather's a little chillier, um, it seems like it's become a lot more real uh, since I've been on this side of the world. Um, but at any rate, uh, so this week a lot of stuff going on, a lot of trailers were released this week, which I thought was really cool. So I thought we could take some time to talk about maybe each one of these. I don't know if you've seen all of these or not, but. Well, I'll just kind of start with a few of them, and we'll kind of go um, get after it. Um, so, at, you know, December's always a big time for trailers because uh, the spring is coming up. Uh, usually you start seeing a lot of movies start releasing, and there's usually a, fe- a big February release, and then usually there's, a you know, an April-March release, and, of course, you know, the big releases are always over Memorial Day weekend. But as usual, Christmas is that time of year when we start seeing a lot of big trailers drop, drop for summer. Uh, I think the next time you'll see a lot of trailers drop will be at the Super Bowl. Um, so, but in the, uh, but this week, uh, uh, Lucasfilm was like, we're drop or Disney was like, we're dropping everything. Uh, so I'll start with the first big trailer that um, I thought was really neat to see was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Did Did you see this trailer? Yeah, I saw it. It came out like uh, maybe like two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? Are you yeah, excited it was, about it? Kind of set Twitter ablaze. People on Twitter is all about it. Well, I mean, um, I would out of out of ten, I'm 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 out of ten excitement. I I'm I feel like I'm more of a five. Um, I feel it's a little it's pretty late. 
I, I, they should have got this movie years ago. It looks like they're playing with a little bit of present day, telling a story. There's flashbacks. They do some de aging technology in there. Um, you know, I, I'll see. I'll, I'm, I'm guaranteed to spend money on it because I want to see. I'll see a swan. I'll pay for a swan song. You know, I'll, I'll do that. But at the same time, uh, he's fighting some Nazis. You know, I mean, okay. <laughs> it's like, so it's not showing me a whole lot. So it's not showing me a whole lot of new, but it's like, all right, let's let's get after it. it has a James Bond feel about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's taking place in the 60s. kind of me of like watching like the last James Bond film trailer. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, this one takes place in the 60s, which obviously that's when the first James Bond movies started coming out were in the 60s. So, you know, there's you see some of those cars and you see some of that fashion and some of that culture pop up in the in the trailer. Uh, one of the things I thought was really cool was the fact that him and uh, Sala, um, you know, are, are kind of reminiscing there at the very beginning. And Sala's talking about, I miss the sand. I miss the desert. I miss, you know, the which I, one of the things I thought was really cool was when he says, I miss the sea, which I know for a long time there was always a strong desire to see Indiana Jones and, you know, in the quest for Atlantis. Uh, which I believe became a video game. It was a Lucasfilm video game back in like the '90s uh, for the yeah. PC. Um, so I thought it was kind of kind of neat to see that thrown in there. Um, so the fact that Solo's back is kind of is pretty neat. You know, obviously nostalgia sells. We've seen that uh, time and time again. Um, I'm curious to see how they write out or they they write out of the movie. You know, you know, because everyone hates Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, and that movie did a lot of weird things with the character. Yes. I mean, it, it, it brought him, it reunited him with Marion, and they got married at the end of that film. We've discovered he has a son as well, and, you know, did minor... You it? Go ahead. Nick, did you want to say something? But did you hate it? Yeah, what? but did you hate it? Oh, any, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal a lot Skull? Of, a lot of people hated it, but did you, yeah, but did you hate so, it? So, I, I didn't hate it until the last probably 20 minutes of the film um i was going with the movie up, up until the point when they started doing it, like you know shia labeouf is like swinging from vine to vine it becomes entirely green screen um you know flying saucers come out of the ground spoilers if you haven't seen this movie they came out you know like a decade ago plus um uh so, I mean, I was okay with it up until that point. There were some things about it that I thought were really neat. You know, I thought it was kind of cool how they, they – obviously they wrote it in the 1950s, Cold War, so a new enemy, the Russians. Um, I thought it was kind of a unique idea, this idea of, like, these crystal skulls out there that belong to aliens. Like, so I was kind of along for the ride for, you know, for part of it. This is also when the, the whole, like, ancient aliens craze was starting to kick off. So, you know, it was – it was it was fun up until the point where it just became a giant green screen spectacle, um, and that's where I, it, it lost me. Um, also, there were just parts in it that were really bizarre. Like they go to this temple and like the natives start crawling out of these little tunnels in the walls. And like, so wait, do they just hang out in the tunnel all day? Like, where like why like do they just did, Maybe. just waiting for somebody? They like, might. I don't understand. Um, so uh, I think it's, uh, I'm interested to see how they write they retcon that movie like is it, are they going to kill off marion does she die of like cancer are they going to retcon how are they going are they going to retcon shia labeouf's character like what's going to happen there because in this movie it's his step it's his god or goddaughter 
So it's um, but again, like you said, I'll, I'm I'm happy to. I'll go spend some money on a swan song. I'll always. I'm all about Indiana Jones and all about Harrison Ford coming back for the role. Even these the guys guy will be in his late 80s, I think, at this point. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. That was a cool trailer, and I mean, Mad Maz Mickelson is in it as the villain. He's always puts up a really great performance and everything he does. So that's kind of that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 on He's board for this. He's always a good bad guy. He really is. He really is. Um, I still think his best work is um when he did. Hannibal Lecter on NBC. Was that NBC? I think it was NBC. When he did that, that he was really oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, Han- it was Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal on NBC. And that yeah. was a really good yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. I um, watched on Netflix. So I didn't watch it when it was a syndicate. Oh, okay. But I watched it on the back end. It was a good show. Yeah. And then also, I mean, uh, you, you know, speaking of James Bond, you know, his first, his come out, big come out role was in. Um, you know, um, Casino Royale as Le Chief, and he he crushed that part too. So um, I always enjoy seeing Matt, Matt Mickelson on the screen. So I think that that alone right there, I think is worth the ticket price. Um, yeah, yeah, he he killed it on Casino Royale. I mean, he was he was definitely the uh, Bond villain. He had that Bond villain feel. Yeah, um, I just hope that you know, based on some of the parts in the trailer that we saw like the whole situation where he's confronts the, he's at the end of the table and they're all pointing guns at him and everything. I just hope it doesn't become too campy. Like there are always parts in the movies that were, you know, humorous, you know, like when he, um, you know, he runs up on all those, um, those Indian guys and they chase him off the, and they chase him off the bridge or, um, you know, when he's fighting the German guy in the airplane and they're like, there's a little, little comical parts in there, you know, the whole like snakes, why does it have to be snakes? But I hope, it doesn't become it doesn't be, isn't become too campy, but the guy that wrote this movie or I think at least directed I it. I think. Uh, go ahead. I think you 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 like you say it's campy, but I think I always liked it myself for the idea that uh, it, it made it it humanized him. He wasn't invincible. He has fears. You know, <laughs> he's not like oh, there's ten guys. I'm gonna fight you all. Like. No, you're not. Even the um, you go back to the first film where he had that fight with the guy with the uh, on the airplane pad, whatever, and the he's fighting the dude, and the dude just absolutely is housing him, and then he just kind of outsmarts him last second to kill him. You know, it's just he wasn't gonna overpower him. He just wasn't gonna beat him with a punch. It just wasn't gonna happen, dog. So he had to outsmart him. And no, no, I've I, always, I, I always appreciate that from Indy. I I, lo- I I know and I, and I agree with you. I I always like that as well. And there like I said, there's there are parts in the movies that are that are humorous and make sense. One of my favorite ones is when they when they kick him, they he kicks the German guy off the blimp, you know, and it's like no ticket. You know, that's one of the that's just a great classic line. Um, but uh, I just my concern is that like there's you know there's there's humor and then there's campiness, and I just hope that they don't it doesn't become a because I felt like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was really campy. And I think that's part of another part of the reason why the fans weren't crazy about it. And that's why the reason why I'm probably not that crazy about it. Um, but the – where was I going to go with this? Um, the writer and, or the director is the same guy that did Logan. And I think he did another uh, He did another big movie, that, uh, dramatic movie that did well. So, I mean, there's some – so that right there I think lends some legitimacy to it. 
And I think will you know gives it, I think a great deal of I see a great deal of hope for this movie given that fact. I think we're gonna see some like there's gonna be some uh, toil. Um, there's gonna be some smoke and mirrors happening like they showed in the trailer. You see him like running on top of the train really oh, sure. far back yeah. in the <laughs> in the gaze of the night. So you're kind of like you don't see him up close. You know, Harrison Ford. How is he like seventy something now? I think he's, he's almost. Not, I think he's in his eighties actually. Because he was 30 when he did Star Wars. <laughs> right. So, you know. Jeez. So, at the same time, it's not going to be. It, I think if he's close to what uh, you saw that one movie with Netflix with uh, De Niro. Pretending to be a 40-year-old man fighting yeah. someone. And he was very, like, stiff looking trying to fight somebody. Because, again, he's old. It's not. It's yeah, I mean, you not can... going to happen that way. So it'll be interesting to play out. We're gonna, like I said, we're, we're our tickets are already punched, so we're gonna see that film. So, oh yeah, um, no doubt. Yeah. Let's just uh, I think we've uh, said enough. But and, uh, you know, on a side note, you brought up the like Lucas gang games back in the day. They were hard as bricks. I remember those games. The Star Wars games were really cool, but man, they were hard. The Star Wars games were hard. I remember the that uh, actual. Indiana Jones video game back in the day, you like, oh, cool, you get to borrow the Jeep. No, that game was hard. The game was just hard. One of my, so, one of my favorite... <laughs> you know, the game was... They came out to not be beaten. They were hard games. Yeah, my, my favorite Lucasfilm game is TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter is so good, man. And even to this day, that game holds up. Um, yeah, so, all right, no, good point. I think we've we, we've, we've said oh. what we're going to say on it. Again, I think we're, you know, we're obviously we're both going to see it. I, I was excited to see the trailer. Um uh, and I'm going to give this movie a ton of uh, all the chances uh, it deserves. Uh, so the next trailer that dropped, which uh, was also kind of cool to see, was the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer, uh, which we get our first glimpse at Adam Warlock, uh, a character I know everyone, that a lot of people, at least in Marvel fandom, has been waiting for. You know, I think we all thought we were going to get it in Guardians 2 because you know, Adam Warlock is a big character in the Infinity War saga, so to, ha- to have him absent from that was kind of strange, but... Um, either way, uh, I thought the, the trailer looked really good. Um, I, you, you can definitely tell this is going to be like this is a good. This is an, an this is James Gunn's farewell movie. Uh, now that he's taken over at DC, um, it appears as if some people are going to die in this film, so we're going to get some stakes. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of drama, I think, attached to that, and it's supposed to, it's still very colorful and very fun looking. Um, what are your thoughts? Did you see it? Did you what do you what do you? Think? I saw the trailer of it. Um, it, it, I I didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy two, so I'm not even gonna watch three. Um, I I did, I've never been a really fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. I just never have. Um, but I saw the trailer. It, it's doing a lot there. Um, you saw the they had that trademark like uh, clip at the end where uh, uh, Pratt and Groot were like back to back and he's like I am grew and the cameras panned around him as they're shooting at everybody and they're just shooting at everybody and nobody can shoot these people stationary you know I was like okay you know I mean it, it was it felt like a Marvel trailer <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it felt like a Marvel trailer <laughs> it, it checked off the boxes of a Marvel trailer um, did you well if you didn't see Guardians 2 I'm suspecting you, I'm assuming you didn't watch the Guardians of the Galaxy a Christmas special then no, it's out now. It is. It's on uh, Disney Plus, and it is hilarious. It's real. I mean, um, Kevin Bacon shows up. Um, this is not a spoiler. It's in the previews, but 
uh, the whole premise is that you know Drax and uh, Mantis want to give you know uh, Peter a, a, a good Christmas, given everything that's happened to him over the course of the last few movies. So you know they know he's a big fan of Kevin Bacon, so they go and uh, to kidnap Kevin Bacon and give him to Peter as a Christmas gift. And Kevin Bacon playing himself is so great. Um, and the, the the movie and and how the characters interact with them and the and the the stuff going on in the movie are, is very funny. Um, and it I mean it's it's a, it's just a fun forty minutes. It's it's really good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I no. I didn't know. I I heard that today, uh, December third. Uh, Bullet Train's on Netflix now, so I'll probably go check that out. Um, as that should that looks like it's worth the watch. Everybody said that Brad Pitt movie's pretty good. Uh, but one thing I uh, uh, the because I guess I'm so out of the loop with Guardians Galaxy. Um, I did see Infinity War and stuff like that. I thought Homegirl, um, Chris Pratt's love interest. I thought she died. So she dies. I don't in remember Infin- her coming back. Yeah. So 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 spoilers. Uh, so Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War. She dies to, so that they can get the those Thanos can get the Soul Stone. Infinity War is five years old, so you can say it. Yeah, and then in Endgame, um, it's she comes back, but it's not the oh, one that died. Oh, they snapped everybody back. Well, no, no, oh. no. It's not from the snap. It's so. Remember, Endgame crosses timelines. They go so the. Um, so when they go back to, uh, to I guess what would have been 2012, I can't remember, but when they go back to, to 2012 to get to intercept the one of the stones from the Guardians, that version of Gamora comes back forward in time. So the Gamora that is in Guardians 3 is the Gamora that was with Thanos before she defected in Guardian, the first Guardians film. If that doesn't confuse you. So it's so there's, you know, so you have Guardians one and two, where they develop okay. a relationship, right. and then she dies. That Gamora dies in Infinity War, and then in Endgame they go back in time to to get one of the stones, and the Gamora from that timeline comes forward into time, and that's the Gamora that is. So this Gamora doesn't have a relationship with these people. Um, she has a relationship with her sister, um, but she does not have a relationship with any of these people. So that'll be an interesting dynamic. Um, as they like, because they've all they're all really close now. They're a family. They've been traveling around doing their thing. They've been looking for her, but to 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 her, they mean nothing. So I think they'll be yeah, they're strangers um, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's how that how she folds back into that. Um, uh, and then uh, one thing is I'm also very interested in seeing, so I, uh, is seeing is is uh, apparently this movie is going to really touch on like how uh, Rocket Raccoon was you know was uh, how he came to be. Um, and him facing the like his creator, who I guess is the high evolutionary, who is the big bad in this in this film. Um, so, but yeah, I mean James Gunn looks like he did a fantastic job with it. This is his farewell to Marvel, obviously, as he goes off to do bigger and better things at DC. Um, so, but either way, you know, given what I saw in the Christmas special and then what we saw in the trailer, I'm I, I love Guardians. Guardians again was one of those movies that just kind of snuck up on me. I didn't care about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't had very low expectations going into the first film, and it blew my mind. I saw it like three times in theaters. That like and the, between the soundtrack and the visuals and everything that movie did, like it was amazing. And then Guardians two, I you know it's not is as good as Guardians one, but it's still really good and really worth a watch. It's just a fun joy ride, and it you know again. Um, 
it's got at the, at the core of that story is about fathers and sons and you know so it really resonates with me today his and dad then, right yeah yeah because you know ego the living planet is his dad but then there's also like his you know his adopted father who is you know yondu um so that like just seeing them like come to the realization at the end of that movie that like there's a great love between the two of them and yondu has to sacrifice his life for peter you know so again spoilers if you didn't know it, for those who haven't seen it at this point um so uh, I'm really excited to see what they do in, in Guardians 3 um, going forward. Um, so the next big trailer that dropped this week was we got a, we got a full trailer for Super Mario Brothers. Um, I know we had talked previously on Super Mario uh, when we saw the teaser trailer come out. Um, now that the more fully informed trailers come out, we have a better idea what this movie is going to be. Um, you know, do you have any additional thoughts on on that trailer? Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen the trailer. <clears throat> I've seen a new trailer. I think there's a lot of uh, uh on Twitter. The fab boys are fluttering. They're losing their all holy hell over it. Um, it, it's still Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know, I get it. Like, I get it. For the last time we talked about it. Hearing a guy that sounds like Mario from the video game for an hour and a half might not be suffice. It might not suffice, correct? But hearing Chris Pratt just talk like Chris Pratt and doesn't try to sound like Mario at all is whatever. Now, Chris Pratt might sell me a little bit more if I see him on the red carpet and he's the one actually does. Like, you hear like the Mario Yahoo later in the trailer, which everybody thinks is a Mario Kart race, which is definitely not a Mario Kart race. It looks like they're all just like. It looks like everybody in the Mushroom Kingdoms getting coming together to go against Bowser. That's what it looks like. Um, they just happen to go down Rainbow Road, but and that's all in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, guys. But at the same time, you know he t- he drops a Yahoo as he's drifting, and if, if Chris Pratt could do that Yahoo, if I can see him actually do the Yahoo, I'd be like, all right, Chris, you're actually doing this because I feel like they just kind of somebody else did that to just give us fan service. Because I feel like in the trailer, Jack Black sounds great. Uh, the guy from Always Sunny uh, sounds great. You know, um, you know, a lot of other actor actresses sound about right. They have the one lady, I forgot her name. She's on Queen's Gambit. She's Princess Peach. She sounds right for the role. But just Chris Pratt don't sound right. It looks great. It's gonna get people in the seats. It looks like it's doing more. Like Nintendo itself is hitting it, hitting everything correctly though. Checking off every box. Looks like there's a Smash Brothers reference there. You see Donkey Kong in the trailer. You see, uh, you see uh, a flame flower. You see a raccoon suit. You're seeing everything possible. Nintendo Mario Brother franchise happening right for your very eyes. So this is amazing. This is great. You know what I mean? It's just. Here, Chris Pratt, a fish gets thrown in his face, like, get it off me, get it off me, get it off me. It's, it doesn't sound like Mario. It, it just, it feels weird. It, it sounds like a guy, like his, his, he's trying to get a guy from Brooklyn over here. Well, he is movie. supposed to be a Brooklyn plumber. So, a Brooklyn I mean, plumber over here. He would, I mean, uh. And Luigi's a Brooklyn plumber, apparently, but he still sounds like Luigi. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna get wrapped. I, I don't want. I'm not gonna get wrapped around the axle of the voice. I don't. I th- having heard the tra- him speak more in the trailer, I, I bought it. You know, I mean, I didn't think that it was. Um, I think to have. I think we've we've talked about this already. I think to have the high pitched 
version of Mario is it would be grading for two hours or an hour and a half. So I think it makes it more a little more real, a little more grounded. Um, the movie though is as you mentioned looks fantastic. They threw everything at this movie, like everything you could possibly every piece of Mario thing they could possibly throw in this movie. It looks like they are between Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country, um, the you know Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, uh, Mario Party, um, you know Mario sixty four. Uh, they are just throwing everything into this film. I, I hope that it, 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 it makes sense. And it looks like it will. I love that, you know, you see like there's like a train a de facto training ground. Obviously, you know, they gotta get Mario trained to fight Bowser, so they built like this course. So you get to see like the like a training version of the fireball um uh gate that spins. You get to see the those donuts that collapse underneath him, you know, the and the bricks and everything else. So like that was really. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, that's so, nice I, touch. I mean, nice touch. Yeah, these are so it looks to me like they're trying to make this world make sense, which I think is you know pretty ambitious considering that when this first game came out, this is like the first adventure game of all time, and it was just it was this fantastical world. I mean, as kids, like it never like you know as an adult seeing this, it would probably perplex us. But as kids, it was like cool. Look, flying turtles and giant mushrooms and this Goomba thing that really no one really knows what that is, but it you know. Um, it was just all these these weird creatures in, in this fantastical world, and you had to go save this princess. Um, so I think they're trying to make all that make sense, and it looks like it's gonna hit. It's gonna do it. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't think they're doing Mario Kart there. I think you're absolutely right. They are definitely coming together to go face down Barzo. But the fact that they are in the in the carts and on the Rainbow Road is still really cool to see um, up on the big screen. Um, so you know. I, I I can't and, and what I really hope too is like when she mentions there are other galaxies out there. What I'm really really hoping is that this is going to be like I know I know you could argue, arguably it could be you could say it's getting tired, but the expanded universe concept seems really be invasive in in pop culture right now. I would love to see a Nintendo universe because we know in Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers is like the is the is the one thing where it combines all the Nintendo characters, Samus Aran. You know, Link from Zelda, um, Mega Man, like all those characters are in one place, which means like if you like, I'm hoping by that line she says there's all these galaxies out there. I hope that's a gateway to other material like Zelda or Metroid or Mega Man because that that would be really cool to see them do those kind of movies too. I would love to see a Zelda movie in live action. I don't think I'll ever get that, but it would. I think it'd be amazing. Personally. Yeah, I, I think I. I think I have a better chance of getting a Senate seat than actually seeing a a, a Link Zelda movie. Like it's, I, I think that's their forget forbidden chalice. They will never let that up because it's gonna be. They'll do like uh, it'll be kind of a weird game of. It'll be like it would be like uh, not Game of Thrones, but it'll be like uh, Lord of the Rings feeling. Because you're talking about orcs and this, that, whatever. So, but uh, you know, and I never really thought about it. That I don't think they're going to actually do a Nintendo extended universe. It's just hard to do because there's too many characters. There's too many. Um, but I, I think a Metroid movie would be pretty cool. A Metroid you know, movie would be amazing. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. But I, the hard part would be making it PG because you just can't. It's hard to do an alien Metroid fights aliens and weird creatures and samus if you will sorry and you know and i i can't picture it being pg pg-13 okay uh we get there we get there at pg-13 
uh, but PG's tough to do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's it, the trailer looks fun. It's going to bring seats in. It's going to be box office. It's it's going to be worth it. People are going to see it. It's worth it. It's going to be worth the money. I'm just saying, my personal opinion, Chris Pratt, I think if Chris Pratt did more of a master builder voice, I would be happier. He's not master builder voice with this film. <laughs> he's going He's going a little more, like, just deeper with it. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be fun. This will be a fun film, man. I want to put the same categories like Angry Birds and stuff like that. I want a fun video game movie. You know what I mean? And you must keep it fun in there. Like, everybody's having fun. Chris Pratt's there to sing roles because he's focused on Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's like, come on now. Well, I was uh, speaking of other video game properties and trailers, Did you have you seen the new Last of Us trailer that just came out? That, it looks really good. It, uh, it it looks really good. Uh, my my only only gr- not gripe I would say, but my caution. What I'm scared is that I want to know. I don't. I need no more information. Like, did Naughty Dog have? Did Naughty Dog writers were they in there helping them write this, or did they? Or did HBO just take their source material and say, "All right, we're gonna do what we want to do." Cause it looks like they're taking a lot of people from the video games. Looks like all the people that are in the games are going to be on the screen. And then, you know, I, I don't want to say too much because there's people out there that's never played the game. But there's only two of them right now. And the story of those games after the second one isn't complete yet. Like, it's just not. So there's a lot more story to happen that we don't even know yet because the third game hasn't came out yet. And we don't even know when the third game's going to come. I haven't yeah. even heard anything like that. No, yeah, good point. I know that, like, at least in the, in the trailer, they mentioned that, you know, uh, the, at least the way it sounded based on what, what they put on the screen was that it, did, it is a close collaboration between what sounded like um, uh, the writers of the game and... Naughty Dog. And, and, yeah, Naughty Dog and the show. Um but I don't know to what extent that is. It does look incredible. Um, Pedro Pascal is, is a fantastic actor, and he looks—I mean, like he looks like um, Joel. Like Joel. Yeah. yeah, and the girl—I liked her in Game of Thrones. So, and and I was—I um, uh, think in the, what we saw in the trailer of her playing around, you know, when they're like when when they're like, oh, if she starts to click or turn, like we need, like she starts kind of playing on them, like she ca- she completely captures the essence. Of that character, like that, like playful, sarcastic, you, you know, um, you know, at least from the first, you know, from the first video game, right? Um, so I, I, it looks awesome. Uh, and then at the end there, seeing the clickers come out, like come out, like you actually get to see one in like in, like in full blow. It looked really good. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely excited for this show. I, I love the video game. Have you? It sounds like I know you've played one. Have you played two all the way through? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, play two. two is really good and that's another thing i'm curious about too this show is i wonder how far they'll take it like will the first season be a com- like will it be a complete version of the first video game or will that be will they only take it like halfway i'm i'm, I'm will she actually like, will it, like i'm curious to see where they end the first season and where they pick up the second season because there's so much depth in the first video game you could break that game up into two seasons uh, um, ostensibly, 
and then you know and then pick it up halfway through and then take it to the end of the first game and then pick it up with the second season beginning with the second game and um and even the second game gets far more complex as you play from the perspective of two characters yeah two different people yeah so that i mean there's even more content to play with there uh when it comes the to second like, one's second one's a lot more brutal it's it's a lot more brutal a lot of fans didn't like the second one as much for a couple of decisions they made not gonna go any farther than that well i mean um, I, think it's just, I i i was shocked that you know i was kind of shocked personally in the casting because pedro pascal I, I like him as an actor but i didn't see him as joel I I saw that I I was thinking they're gonna get Josh Brolin, you know what I mean? Because Josh Brolin has that Joel look about him from like old country yeah. for no men. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I I can see that. You know, uh, but I think Pedro Pascal will do a fine job with it. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because they're definitely based off that trailer. They're showing you characters, and you're kind of like, worldly people supposed to do? And it's gonna for those that have no idea, like The Last of Us. It had. It's going to give you that uh, Walking Dead feel with the Walking Dead just ending now. You know, you just got you got this show now. HBO has that's going to pretty much going to take those fans right over because they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna jump right onto this. Oh, and absolutely! It'd be interesting. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to say like, uh, you know what? I would I would go as far, and this might be this is very sacrilegious me as I am a video game purist. And I tell people to always follow the source material. I would tell them to not follow source material and actually kind of do something a little different. Because they're you're telling you're telling a tight knit story in a video game, but when you're talking about TV series, it can go on for years, and you're gonna need a lot of story, and you just can't keep doing stuff and have the player person leave, a new person, that person. People fall off. People don't. People will jump off shows that way. The Game of Thrones was a very popular show because people love Jon Snow. Plain simple. People love Jon Snow. I've never heard anybody say, oh, I didn't like Jon Snow. Everybody liked Jon Snow. So Jon Snow will be there. And you were talking about made possible a Jon Snow spinoff TV series probably the next two years. So I think with this show, with this show coming out, I, I hope they use the source material true. But maybe you can change the story just a little bit to give it a little bit more, um, let it breathe a little bit more so that you could actually flesh a lot more out of it and let it stick around a lot longer and keep it more intriguing while also still kind of keep the timeline and how everything needs to go. That's that's what I'm hoping. But well, in, 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 in both the examples you mentioned, so like Walking Dead, like Walking Dead, obviously its source material comes from a comic book. Um, it stayed true to the comic book, but it diverted in a lot of different ways from the source material, uh, and that's what kept fans engaged because everyone, the fans thought, well, we know what's going to happen to these characters, and then the show flipped the script and changed some things, which kept the, kept the fans engaged. It wasn't just a, 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 a retelling of the comic books. They went and like, they, like you said, they let it breathe, and they, they allowed them the, the the writers to do different things. And also, I think led to the success of Walking Dead is that the guy who wrote the comic books was also writing the show, so he mm. he knew where he could like split. Like he knew like okay, I can there are things I can do here that'll stay true to the core themes of the show, but I can do something. I can throw a curveball in here and not like and not make it the Walking Dead. Right? Game of Thrones, same thing. 
Like they like the Game of Thrones for the most part is very true to the source material, but they do there are some nuances and they do make some changes and some modifications, especially in the final seasons, which you could argue is why the show suffers a little bit because the first six seasons or seven whatever it was, like were very they had the source material in hand, like the books were published and finished. They knew exactly what they they knew they could and they can they could take that material and turn it into something. The last season, they had an outline. All they had was an outline. Like that, that book still isn't done yet. So wow. they had to like a lot of the the depth depths of the characters hadn't been fleshed out. So they had an outline from R.R. Um, R. Martin of what he intends to do. So they did their best to like fill in the gaps. And I think that's why like uh, the guys that wrote that show, I can't remember their names right now. I like it was funny when like the they were being praised these great showrunners and writers, but I think I think what people learned was they're not that great because when they when the last season came out and they didn't have the source material to rely on, it, it really hurt the show. Um, but what it looks like here is, I mean, you know, obviously The Last of Us is about these two people and their relationship. How how Joel uses Ellie to fill an emotional gap in his heart after losing his family and how Ellie uses Joel to fill a gap for her and, and, and having a father figure to help latch, latch onto. And it's their journey that, you know, that helps develop that relationship. That, that's the core of it. You can't, if you don't have that, then you don't have the last of us. You have to have the, these two characters and, you know, you can change everything else around them. Like the hardships they face, the people they interact with, like, but as long as you have, I think you, you, at the core of it, you need to have, you know, these two characters um, on this journey, you know, and, you know, and it, whatever interactions happen, it has to strengthen that bond to a point where Joel's going to make decisions. You know, I don't want to say what they are because I don't want to spoil the first game. Joel has to make decisions at the end of that game that have that reverberate into the second game. And I think that's why like, I can see why people the second game people might be a little upset with it because the first game you know and granted it's a survival game right like you said but it's it's joyous to play there are point parts of levity in the game I mean yeah there's the high stake stuff but there's the the the, the interaction between Joel and Ellie is very light the second game is very emotionally dense because um, you see that these two characters. Even though that they're in a safe location at the beginning of that game, they have grown apart because she grow she is growing up into her own person. Joel is becoming more emotionally dependent on Ellie as he as he's gotten older, um, and he's having a hard time. He's like most parents; he's having a hard time letting her turn into the person she wants to become. And there's a lot of emotional weight there between the two of them. And then on top of that, now that you with this second character that you end up playing that, you, that they bring into the game, this other female character, her emotional battle as well is very dense. It's just that movie, that game is just very heavy. Um, it's uh, I actually think it's better than the first to, to some degrees, just based on the kind of the comple- emotional complexities of the character relationships that are involved. But it's um, I can see why like, it's it's just it's not as light. As the first one, um, I mean, again, I can't say much about spoiling the game, but um, I look forward to this show. Bottom line, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We are too, so it's it's gonna be interesting when it comes out. Yeah, highly anticipating, highly anticipating show, guys. Yeah, uh, and if you haven't, we'll played be game, we'll be talking about this show. We'll be talking about. This oh yeah, thing. no doubt. And and if you haven't played the game and you have a PlayStation, 
um, please, please go out and play this game. Cause it, you could get the first one now for like maybe $20 um, on most, on pretty much all consoles, mm-hmm. like the definitive editions. You get the DLC where you actually see Ellie meet the younger black girl. There's a scene, the trailer where they're in a booth and like a, a photo booth with each other. Yep. Like there's that's a DLC um, that's like free. So you could have that too. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that. Um, speaking of PlayStation games, by, by the way, if uh, God of War Ragnarok is a masterpiece. That game is so good. That's I got that. I got that game when it when it came out a couple two weeks ago, and I was like, my wife was mad at me because I was like addicted to it. Every possible opportunity I had to play, that's all I was playing. For one thing, I just love games where I can just go in and just beat stuff up, which God of War has done that is great at that. But the characters and the story and this the relationship he has with his son and the conflict between the two of them is a masterpiece. Um, if you're a fan of God of War and you are like and you're sleeping on this game, I hope you're not. And I hope you've already purchased it and you are enthusiastic about it as much as, as I am. It's so good. Yeah, my stepson has that game. He I think he already he beat it within like the first like five days of having it. So he he put a lot of hours in it already and beat it up i mean i've heard nothing but good things about this game yeah i haven't so. been yet I, I, I take my time with it because i like to do the side quests like I, I do the side quests while i'm doing the main story as well so i've been taking my time with it plus i was out of town last week but um and i'm out of town this week um but uh i can't wait to get back to it because it's so rich the game is and the, the first of it's just a beautiful game to watch <laughs> or to look at and then just the 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 stuff that they're doing in that game is so good um um so uh, you know, I guess with a little time, with some more the time we have left, um, have you seen Wednesday? Did you see that? I did. You did watch it. Yes, I did. Awesome, good. Because I want to talk about that. Because I'm gonna close with that. What were your? So I'll let you start. What were your thoughts on Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, it's. I I would uh, uh I would give it. I don't think it's a must watch, but if you have time. And you want like something fun to watch? No, it's not. Is it fun? Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting watch. I don't think it's fun. It has like a Harry Potter feel when I was watching it. First couple feels, first couple of episodes, like this feels feels like Harry Potter. Shows up at a school. There's all these different cliques. They all have different powers. You know the different houses. There's the house werewolves and sirens and yada yada yada. Um, I think um, Jenny Ortega. She plays a good Wednesday Adams. Um, she's casted correctly. I think she does a good job. Christina Ricci, she's guest starring on that show as well, uh, playing a teacher in Normie Teacher. They call them Normie People Without Powers are Normies. That she is. Um, I thought it was weird that Wednesday Adams has like some kind of power where she can see premonitions. She can see, like, yeah, premonitions essentially. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. But, I mean, it, it's, it's not giving away any story lines on that, but she's solving. She starts solving crimes, like essentially solving crimes around this small town they live in. Um, has that really giant woman from Game of Thrones? Oh, um, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, yeah. She's six. She's six two. You know, what I mean, she's not. She's not small, man. No, she's, she's a big. tall woman. Man. <laughs> That's all Marcy kept saying. She's like, "Gosh, she's so big. How tall is she?" I was like, "I think she's like six foot plus, if I remember correctly." She's 6'2", and if they ever do a Resident Evil Village 
movie. Oh, yeah, she has to be that madam. She has to be because she is truly gigantic. Um, but um, the show itself, I think it's I think it was all right. I think I wanted more Uncle Fester. Oh, Not enough Uncle Fester because like I thought like he played a really good role. I was like, yeah, oh, this, I Armisen. like this. Yeah, Fred Armisen was really fun um, playing Uncle Fester. I enjoyed his his uh, I like his, that. his his episode. Yeah, I liked um I liked Thing. Um, yeah. I thought Thing was really cool using sign language to communicate. <clears throat> he does that in the he, movies too, in the Tim Burton movies as well. Yeah, Tim Burton's part of this too, so and not shocking. Tim Burton's let's let's keep the old recipe rolling along. But I think Thing had a lot of personality in this, you know. So I was like, that's cool. Um, you know, her roommate that was in her her roommate in her in her dorm room. I forgot her name was. She had like blonde hair, and she was really really happy. Um, she was like totally a counter. She was a totally counter to what Wednesday was doom and gloom. She was always happy and colorful, and she was a werewolf. Yeah, they wrote her. They wrote that part specifically. They wanted a character to be like 180 out from her, and they wanted them to be like become friends, which I thought was really cool because I think like that's I think that's most in a lot of respects that's a lot that's a lot of relationships. Like there obviously there are people that you have that you connect with that you always have a ton in common with, but like I think most I think the most rewarding relationships sometimes are the ones that are a little off, like Marcy and I are are 180 degrees out because of that. Like we fill in certain aspects of the other person's character or personality that we other the other might not necessarily have um even you and i like we we have a lot of common like common interests but we also have even though we share the same interests we tend to have different viewpoints on those same things Correct. um yeah i mean so i think you know seeing her with this this roommate and i loved her by the way is it eat it or something like that i can't remember her name but I, every time she was on screen, I just I loved I loved it. Like she just like she, I mean Wednesday obviously is a very dark and you know deadpan character, but so to see her on there and just be happy and like full of life and just kind of like not be the angsty teenager, I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it, it, I watched it. It was like I said, it wasn't bad. If you have time, a Netflix show, why not? I would I would say give it a shot. It, it's um it's worth its time. You know, they you could tell that um, Tim Burton is a part of it, and he actually. Well, you can't really tell Tim Burton's part of. Well, I don't know the the principal. Her fireplace is very Tim Burtony. It's yeah. like a face. <laughs> it's like a face with a mouth where the fire yeah, is yeah. coming. The hair is like snakes. I'm like, okay, that's Tim Burton all the way. But everything else isn't really Tim Burton feelish in that in that movie and that show. I mean, um, not a lot of Pugsley, not a lot of Gomez and stuff like that. So you don't see a lot of them and see them interact with her a lot so it's not a lot so much that adam's family so that's i guess it's named i believe named correctly is wednesday it's focusing on wednesday adams and how she dressed like a little goth chick around there and does stuff around her little school she's in so i mean it, like i said it's worth the watch i actually because i watched that and i was trying to like watch something else called bored me and wife we end up like falling into like the show called the last bus which has the little kid that was in that show Wednesday. He was the beekeeper, mm-hmm. whatever kid. Like he's yeah, yeah. on this show in some English show about like some last bus. Well, like these go to some place and the people in this place are getting warped somewhere else and they're like last kids on this bus. I'm like, this is not fun. It's not. This, this show's not fun. It's like it's just stuff's happening. 
It's not fun. If something has so much kids going on with it, I want it to be fun. At least be branded like something I could turn my brain off and watch. And I couldn't get anything going. Like, this isn't good. It was not a good watch. So last bus, thumbs down. <laughs> Netflix, don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, going back to Wednesday. Um, yeah, I, I think when you, when you hit twenty, you, you mentioned the the Harry Potter thing. I mean, Mar- Marcy and I, the first thing we said after watching the first episode is like, oh, it's like dark Hogwarts, right? Like you know, because and, and everybody's a Slytherin basically, just based on their at- general attitudes. Um, but it, you know, what I liked about the show is it moved very well. Like it, like every episode, like kind of seamlessly moved into the next. With a few exceptions, there were a few times where like an episode will pop right after the other one. I'm like, did I miss an episode in between there? Because like they, they kind of like jumped. They kind of, I felt like they they could have benefited, at least in the last few episodes of the show, with a few extra episodes. Like, you know, one episode ended on a cliffhanger, and the next like where she finds out that he is the, he's the spoilers. He's the hide, and then like immediately the next episode, like she's gathered all her friends and they're gonna go confront him. Like, I would have liked to seen her go back and try to recruit. Like, you see throughout the show that she's slowly gaining friends, but I don't think the relationships were strong enough for them to just band together to go on this witch hunt in the forest for this dude. So I thought I would have, like, I think it would have benefited from an extra episode in there where she has to go, con- like, convey to her friends uh, or her acquaintances, really, because they're more of acquaintances at this point still, that he's a real, he's the real threat. And oh, by the way, like, were there no ramifications of the fact that she locked up the other guy? Like, you know, none. Yeah. Like there should have been like, none. you would think that like he was friends with them before they were friends with her. So you would think that if she accuses him of, if she locked, the black girl dated him. Yeah. Like you would think that if she locks, gets him locked up, there'd be some problems there. And that I felt like there should have been an episode in there where like, she has to confront the ramifications of that. None. And find a way to recruit these people no. to come help her. There's no replications. Homeboy was locked in jail, got out. He actually says it too. He's like, they dropped all charges. You still spent X amount, like maybe three or four days in jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I felt like the, the, the last few episodes were not as tight as the first, like eight, uh, the first seven episodes or six episodes of the the show. Um, but still, I still enjoyed it and it, it was still compelling to watch. Like, you know, my, my, my wife and I, we would like start the show at like 730 at night after Alex was asleep. And then, like, we'd watch an episode and be like, "Well, do we want to go to bed? No, let's keep going." And we would just like we would just keep going because it, it it hooked us. Um, I, I like, like you said, uh, Ortega's great. Uh, she does a fantastic job. Kind of, you know, what I liked about it is like you, you know, she, again, Wednesday's a very deadpan character, but she found a way to convey to the viewers what she is feeling. Like she has feelings. She's not a drone, but she does a very good job of suppressing how she feels. So I thought Ortega did a nice job of like really like capturing like conveying to the audience that there is she does have feelings deep down for these people, especially her roommate when her roommate moves out, um, but doesn't like let up on it right until the very end when they actually hug. Um, yeah, Jenny Ortega uh, Wednesday has feelings. She's she's just she's a she's more of a um, emo goth person. Yeah, you know, like, uh, Christina Ricci's Wednesday. Back in the '90s, was just a mean person. But she was also much softer too. Like she, like, um, I think of like the second one where she falls for the geeky kid who kind of um, on the camp at the camp, and she's she's her 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 relationships with people like her are softer, right? Like she obviously hates normies, if you will, but 
or has no tolerance for them, but she has a softer demeanor for people who are kind of more her ilk. Whereas in this show, she has zero tolerance for everybody. Like it didn't matter like who you were, what your background was. She had no time for you um, whatsoever, which I thought was an interesting way to play the part. Um, but we really, I mean, we really enjoyed the show. Like you said, yeah, it's, it's, well, I liked it, but what I thought was interesting about this Tim Burton film though, was like, if, when you compare it to the other Adams family, like shows, you know, they're all done pretty much on a sound stage. They all have a very definitive look. I mean, all his movies have a very definitive look. But what I liked about this movie was, have you seen um, the movie, hit the Tim Burton movie, The Big Fish or Big Fish? Oh, yeah, that's a while back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this movie, this show actually felt more like Big Fish, where, like, it had, there were, like, aesthetically, there were some tones in it that were very Tim Burton, but it was still, like, in the, it was still, it wasn't like, like, if you saw Big Fish by itself, you wouldn't necessarily be like, this is a Tim Burton film. Like that's how I kind of felt about Wednesday, where when there were things about where like you can feel Tim Burton on it, but it didn't feel like I didn't. Right. I if we never ago. told you Tim Burton's part of it, and you watched like two or three episodes in, you wouldn't have thought it. You would have thought it was some Netflix hack would probably did it, and that's it. And you're like, oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton was a part of this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I actually think it was probably the best thing Tim Burton's put out in a while. To be honest, it's been with a good you. while. Yeah. You know, um, side note though, so a lot of the things that happened within the last three episodes hell four episodes of that show it's because her friendship like you said was not tight with those people because she rounded up those people the the society whatever club right to go out and help her do what she needed to do and then as soon as it got a little squirrely they dipped on her kind of they're not friends they're like nah we're, we're not signing for this we're that's out. true that's fair that's a fair and point yeah they dipped out if she would have took more time to build friendship with them she didn't even fight them from leaving they were going to leave, and she's kind of like, all right, bye. And that was it. Like, if you would have at least, if they would have stayed, she would have had a fighting chance to, like, succeed. The movie, the show would have probably ended at six episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it got to eight because her friendship bonds with people weren't strong. And then upon seeing how it all went down, then they were like, all right, we're, we all shall now bond together and do this, whatever, and da-da-da-da. I mean, it's a Netflix show, so, you know, you're getting – you're getting what you're getting. You're seeing what you're seeing. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's definitely one of the, in my opinion, it's probably one, it's still like as far as Netflix shows go, it's still very w- worthwhile. Um, I mean, in, in absence of anything else right now, there's not a ton of a ton that's on TV right now. Um, except, well, I know you you don't watch Yellowstone. I wish you did because I would love to talk to you about Yellowstone. I love that show. That, that never that show never gets old. Um, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it was de- like I said, it was definitely worthwhile to watch. Another show on Netflix that just came out that's fun to watch. If you got nothing else to watch, is um, Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> I watched that while on the on the plane ride. It's uh, ten ten episodes, thirty minutes apiece. Randall Park is always is charming as usual, um, and the, Melissa Ferrimo, the she's from uh, um, oh Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine, she's on it too, and uh, DJ Smooth is in it. Um, and that show is actually pretty funny, and it's really uh, a lot of fun to watch. It goes by very quick, um, okay. and if, so if you got nothing else you want to watch, that's a good one too. Um, so, but yeah, man. I, well, we I, like my next my next stuff. I'm gonna sorry, next up. I'm gonna look at is I want to look at the show that's on uh, Paramount with the Sylvester Stallone show. Oh yeah, uh, uh, the Tulsa King. Yeah, I want to check Tulsa that out. King, sorry. So if you like that. You like so Tulsa King is the same is written by the same guy Taylor Sheridan who does Yellowstone, so if you like Tulsa King, there's a good chance you'd like Yellowstone. 
Also, another good couple shows. If you have Paramount Plus, you should definitely check out 1883. And then 1923 is coming out December 19th with Harrison Ford and Helen Marin. That show looks amazing. So, like, if you like, if you like Tulsa King, you'll you'll definitely like 1883. You'll like 1923, and then you'll definitely like Yellowstone. Like, right, well, we we shall. All these dates are tripping me out because now you're cause you're talking all these dates. I saw so, the show. Um, so 18, Yellowstone. I saw the show 1899 on Netflix. Oh, that's, same creator from Dark. Yeah, that we tried it watching was not that good. show. It was yeah. not good. It we just wasn't good. Yeah, we tried watching it too, and it was a sleeper. But so. Yellowstone. Well, so what I like about Yellowstone, Yellowstone is like the perfect combination of like Game of Thrones and modern Western, as you know, as you can get. Like, uh, if you like, have you seen Sicario? Oh yeah. Okay. Taro, ta- Sicario. So, so Taylor Sheridan wrote Sicario. So he's the same guy that wrote that writes Yellowstone uh, and produces Yellowstone. Um, so, so Yellowstone is like it's like the Sopranos combined with Game of Thrones, combined with House of Cards, and 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 modern Western. It's so good. And then, um, and it, I guarantee you, if you got into it, like you can binge that. You you would binge that show, like in a week. Marcy, I, I had to get Marcy caught up. She binged it in a week. That's how hooked she got on it. And then um, on Paramount Plus, so the whole thing is Yellowstone is about this ranch in Montana. That's owned by the Duttons, and John Dutton is the is like he's the patriarch, he's the senior, he's the father, and it's his kids, um, and everything they do is about maintaining that ranch because because like, like it's it's modern Montana, right? So you have, you have all these people who want to grab land, and he owns his ranch is like the, the equivalent in acreage, the same size as like Rhode Island. That's how big this ranch is. Jesus. So like. The Native Americans want it, want pieces of it, because they feel it. Well, it's this was our land; you took it from us, and they want to build like casinos and everything else. So they want it. Then, like these rich land developers from like California, want pieces of it because they want to build like ski resorts and an airport and everything else. So it's it's his battle with all these external, like all these people that want to take bits and pieces of his ranch. So and it's just great storytelling, and the characters are so great, and then. So then 1883, that has Sam Elliott in it and uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And uh, I didn't know Faith Hill could act. She acts her ass off in that show. Um, Sam Elliott is always great as usual, and then Tim McGraw is really good too. Um, but that show is about how the Duttons get to Montana. So it's a, kind of like an Oregon Trail because they're, they're on the Oregon Trail and they're moving west, and it's all the hardships they face. It's like a live action version of the Oregon Trail that you played in school. Like, you know, facing disease, you know, uh, you know, your wagon, the wagon breaks, Indians, raiders, like it's all of that in this show. And it's so good. It's like, and, and like the main character is the daughter. And it's just, you know, her, like, kind of like all her, tri- all her, all the stuff that's thrown at her, you know, on this trail going west. So then, that's that. That's, that's like that. So this show shows you like how they get to Montana. And now, 1923, which is coming out with Harrison Ford and Ellen Mirren, is the ranch has been around now for like almost uh, so uh, 1883 to 1923, whatever that is. About what that's um uh about forty something years now, I think, right? 1883 to 1923, maybe more. Um, yeah, it's about 40 years. 
so that uh, so you now you're gonna see the ranch more developed and it's and again now there's like a this is like it's more in the vein of like your old school westerns where you got like this you know again this um, villainous like uh, I think uh, I don't know if he's with the the railroads or whatever but he's like this villainous land developer no he's another rancher he's a competitive rancher and he's he's trying to you know um, intimidate the town folk and the Duttons into giving up their ranch and it's played by Timothy Dalton. So the cast on, this, on 1923 is amazing, between Harrison Ford, Marin, and then Tim Dal- Timothy Dalton. So that uh, so um, that looks really good. So um, I promise you, if you want like really good, compelling like storytelling, you've got to get on Yellowstone. I promise you won't be disappointed. All right. Well, let's, let me get let me see let me, a, do, know, let me see let me see Colsa King first, and we'll play it out from here's there. Here's the thing. Like I, I get it. Like I, I know. Like it's it's it's. It's a wet. It's you know. It's it's kind of a like you, you when you look at it at first, it, it looks like a show you'd watch on CMT. So immediately, it doesn't really apply like appeal to a lot of like minorities out the gate. But I'm telling you, if you it's the most watched show on TV right now. It's the highest rated show out there on all across all platforms. And I promise you, if you get into this show, you will love it because I think you, you um you know you're a big fan of like Breaking Bad like. It's in that kind of like in that kind of vein of storytelling. You will you will like it. Hmm. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Like I said, let me. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna peep game on Tulsa King here, and then I'll dub back on that because he was good with that there. Um, also, the Taylor today. Um, new uh, teaser show, teaser poster for Blue Beetle DC James Gunn. The yeah, I saw that. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Um, I, uh, my knowledge of Blue Beetle is about an inch deep. I know him. They, they I remember he had cameos in uh, Smallville years ago, so I know a little bit about the character. But I, I'm, it's a surprising move because it's. I mean, it's not a character I think a lot of people know anything about. And, and uh, but that doesn't mean it, it can't be a good movie, right? Like Guardians had that same kind of success, Ant Man kind of had that same kind of success, where it was like a character that not a lot of people were aware of and knew much about. So it could be very good. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll you know I, I look forward to seeing what the trailer brings. So yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't know a lot about him either. But Blue Beetle is a show that was was a movie that was announced a year ago. For this year, and they got shelved with the whole DC HBO Max stuff. Is it going in theaters or is it coming straight to HBO Max? I wasn't. It's going to theaters. It says theaters August twenty twenty three. James Gunn. That's interesting to me because I would have like so Batgirl. They shelved. They they shelved Batgirl, which is a a well known character and would have put a ton of asses in seats. But they're pressing for with Blue Beetle. I, I, they, I, they, I think blew, that's no, they didn't shelve Black Batgirl. They destroyed it. Yeah, they, they destroyed <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm, it's a weird. I think that's. I mean, again, I don't know if this is a James Gunn decision. It's a DC. No, it's before James Gunn. They that's right. Did it he wasn't with, hired yet. Yeah, right, he, was he wasn't hired yet. yet, and it was the original DC guy because in Batgirl he's supposed to have Michael Keaton in it, Keaton Batman, and they're like, I want Keaton Batman be first in the Flash movie, which is like. Again, anomaly on how what, how well it's going to do because there's people like you that are not going to support it, people like me that's going to support it. So you're you're split everybody in half because you got this 
Predator be on the big screen, who's been pretty quiet for the last couple months. Surprise! I think I think he has so, to because doesn't the movie release like in July? Yeah. He's so I mean, quiet. he's probably being quiet. They probably said you need to shut the fuck up because <laughs> the movie comes out in like six months, and you you keep carrying on, you're gonna fuck us. So like, <laughs> we're gonna fuck you. Trust me. <laughs> so it's a level that he's been pretty quiet. So that's where we kind of almost forgot about it because that. It, that key wasn't it because the bad guy was also the dude uh ah, i forgot his name um i forgot the dude's name from mummy series for his name um brandon frazier yeah brandon frazier's supposed to be the bad guy he's supposed to play firefly oh in batgirl yeah in you're batgirl. talking about batgirl yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A, he has a new movie coming out called the whale which is supposed to be like he's supposed to win like he's up for an oscar for that film yeah, he won. Uh, he won a big award. I can't remember the screen. He won a or won, won some awards for it at like the film festival, international film festival. And props, um, to, props to Brendan Fraser, man. Props, man. This, dude, he's been going for this a long time. Yeah, you know. And I have, I have spoke my trash on him. On I've joked about him having a bad agent because agent will have him literally do the mummy, then follow it with monkey bone, then do monkey two, and then he follows up with like, uh, like Tarzan and like. Dudley do right and then do Mummy 3. I'm like, why do you keep doing a good film and a bad film and a good film and a bad film? Like, you keep doing bad films. Stop doing bad films. And now he's, like, finally kind of, like, really showing his acting chops. And, like, he gots it now. And it's, like, it, well, it, I, I, I'm, I'm just happy for him. I think another thing about it, too, is, like, from all accounts, he's just general, genuinely a really good dude. He's a good dude, too. So yeah. you want to you root for him. You want him to do well because so many people in Hollywood are, like, you know, assholes. So, like, to find to hear like he's a really genuinely down to earth guy. Um, is, he's really humble yeah, and all you that. Want him to so do it's, well. it's like yeah. same, like I know like Keanu Reeves. Like a lot of people give him a hard time. Like, well, Keanu Reeves can't act, but yeah, but he's also a, just a really good dude. No Keanu slander. Yeah. Keanu has no slander for a guy who's been in Hollywood as long as he has. Yeah. No one speaks bad on him. Like everybody yeah. says, he's just a nice dude. He's just really nice. Yeah. So I mean, it's like. So I love. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Some of his movie choices were not stellar, but for me, he is always Encino Man. Like Encino Man, <laughs> I love that movie. If that movie's on TV, I'll watch it because you know it's 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 like peak Polly Shore. You got Sean Austin in it. You got Brandon Fraser. It's just a good time. It's just a good movie. Like you know, what's the name? Um, uh, for me, is Airheads. Um, oh yeah, that's heads. another really good one. Oh, he's really good Great. in that movie too. Really and good. Got, yeah, Adam Sandler in there. Uh, yep. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a. Oh, that's another. I kind of want to go find that movie now and watch that. That was good, man. He's like, yo, I'm not gonna fart. I'm not gonna fart on snare drum. I'm not gonna fart on my snare drum. That's just hilarious. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah so like, uh, Brandon the Lone Rangers. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't know this too. Like, um, this is a really unfortunate situation because they were asking him like, "Hey, if you would you go to the Golden Globes?" He's gonna. He said no because apparently the guy that yeah. wrote the president of the Golden Globes apparently like, like molested him or something at some point. Like, like he like. Yeah, I heard about that. He promised his mom he would never do that. Yeah. So I'm it's like, like so he's like, I'm not gonna like. Yeah. So that's um, good on him, man. Uh, so yeah, I, I want nothing but good things for Brandon Fraser, man, uh, and his. Uh, his uptick because he's what he's doing. He's he's the voice of the robot in Doom Patrol, right? Mm-hmm. And then great, yeah. And then he's also he was and then he, he was me Firefly, which you know unfortunately we'll never see get to see. And then now he's got this movie The Whale and uh, a lot of other stuff. I think he's, he's also doing some other stuff too. I think. Yeah, so he's, he's had a he's real resurgence. Busy. Yeah, very busy. Yeah. All right. Well, we have definitely taken up a ton of time. It is we are gone for a solid almost hour 
and some change hour and 20 hour almost an hour and a half so but good good fun conversation just breaking down trailers and talking about stuff that's coming up something that's exciting right now um you know i think uh next week uh, maybe we can uh, it's the holiday we're gonna be in the peak holiday season so maybe we'll do uh maybe we can do another top 10 or something like our top 10 holiday movies or something like oh, that yeah let's do it yeah let's do that let's do like top 10 holiday films or, or maybe even like you know our favorite holiday traditions because it's we gotta get in the spirit um now that we're we're in peak christmas time so but th- with that you got anything else going on this week man anything else to look forward to this week right here uh was it no it's not a lot going on this week here it's just we're just getting into the christmas spirit that's what we got to do we got to get the christmas spirit in my household here and get ready for that get that come in there uh the weather is dropping though, i can say that much because the weather is dropping about 20 it dropped between 25 to 30 degrees here in the mornings around here so it's trust and belief it's it's definitely feeling like christmas now oh yeah it was funny like R- rhode island did not disappoint today man they uh, the East Coast really wanted to make sure they it made it let me understand that um, we'll weather, like weather here is not great. <laughs> it's raining, it's cold, it's miserable. Um, that being said, I'm still happy to be here though. I I I like the restaurants here. I already went to two of my favorite restaurants today. Um, so all right, but yeah. Um, that being said, everybody, uh, I hope everyone has a great week. And I'm Mr. Figs. I'm Mr. Locke. Hey everybody, we'll catch you next week. Y'all have a good See night. See you guys. Yes.